This episode is sponsored by Esteep Conversation's favorite, Conjure Tea. Conjure Tea is a woman-owned, black-owned tea business that was founded by pastry chef Shania Thomas-Floyd. If you want to support local businesses and drink great tea, Conjure Tea is your answer. The teas I'm digging most right now are Golden Ticket and Decadence. Decadence is a tasty tea that is exactly the combination you'd hope for from a pastry chef. Black tea with rose petals, strawberry pieces, and cocoa nibs. If that's not your bag, you've got to try Golden Ticket, a turmeric-based tea that helps with joint stiffness and inflammation. I was never on the turmeric train before, but let's just say my joints aren't getting any younger, and this is a tasty fix for that problem. The company has been kind enough to give 15% off your first online order to all Steep Conversations listeners by using code STEEP15 on ConjureTea.com. That's promo code S-T-E-E-P-15 to get 15% off your first order at C-O-N-J-U-R-E-T-E-A.com. For fashion and music, like those two industries, they really take advantage of young kids because it sounds really cool to go to a party and be like, oh, I work for, you know, Sony Records or whatever. You know, I work for Vogue. I work for Harper's Bazaar or whatever. I think that one's less cool, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, everybody is. You know Harper's Bazaar. Right? <laughs> is yeah. that a fashion magazine? I have no idea. Every day? Well, not every day, but like most days. I love pie. It's my favorite dessert. Does your mom bake you pie all the time? That's an interesting craving to have. No. Because people don't really eat pie that often. Uh, which, but like why? Because, because pie- it's not accessible. Like nobody goes out for pie. I wish they did. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm, t- I'm 100% honest. If you texted me, anytime you have my number, if you texted me and said, hey, you want to go get pie? There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing I could be doing. I'd say no. I feel like people should do more dessert-based dates. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I used to do that. I think it's great. I used to do that when I- You go for pie? Yeah, well, no. Oh, I wish. Anyone who's listening, take this date idea. <laughs> I used to say, do you want to go meet up at Salt and Straw in Larchmont, go grab a scoop of ice cream, and then go take a walk around Larchmont? Oh, that's sweet. It was a lovely first that's date. sweet, yeah. yeah. But see, I think, how old are you? Are you allowed uh, to say? I, yeah, no, I don't mind. I'm 36. Yeah, I don't mind. Okay, see, you know how it is. Like, I feel like dessert becomes sort of this- you love it, but it's like a double-edged sword as you get older. Because like, I can't really be eating ice cream like that and walk around with a cute girl, you know? Because <laughs> it's dairy. Like, it's going to fuck me up. If I eat ice cream, that is the end of the day. Can I, say I eat ice cream, I go home. <laughs> That's the end of the story. If there was a movie about my life, I eat ice cream, it's just, it ends. That's how the movie ends? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone's like, I'm really liking forever. this movie. And then all of a sudden, like, no, fool, eat ice cream. It's over. The Dude. movie's done. Dude, I think that's just what it is, you know? That's why I think dessert is hard as you get older, you know? Before I forget, I do want to say, so for this episode, I was so excited. You asked for oolong tea. I love oolong. Yes. We are drinking. It is from a company called Kucha. They are based in Boulder. Shout out to them Mm -hmm. if you're a fan. Have you tried yours yet? Yeah, I've been drinking it. Oh, oh, it's it's amazing. It is the Da Hong Pao Rock Oolong. For those that are steeping at home, just know this one's a little different. It is recommended to rinse it, do a very brief rinse. Do you rinse before you usually drink oolong? Rinse what? The tea? Rinse the tea, yeah. It's a tea rinse. Like under the sink? You would boil water and uh, you don't need to boil a lot. And you just pour it over for about 30 seconds. Over your leaves, pour that water out. It helps open up the leaves and it also... Hypothetically, back in the day, people thought it also was a good way to like get off pesticide. Um, wow. But it also opens leaves. So you would do- I've never done that. You don't have to. I would recommend a rinsing just for this particular thing. Okay. The other piece of the puzzle is a lot of times you will read that like an oolong steeps at 185. This particular oolong, you're actually going to want to steep it at boiling for two minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised no one chose oolong. I feel like people don't know what it is. I agree. And they're scared because it's like a foreign word. But it like tastes so good. I know, and I have a problem with that. I have a problem with your guests who have not chosen oolong. I would be like, if there was a tea I hadn't heard of, I'd like Google it and check it out. Yeah, or something. why not? You know, what I, mean? I offer uh, all kinds of tea, but like I have everything. So like pu'er tea, if they want that, I have matcha if they want that. But a lot of people just they're like, um, just a herbal tea or yeah, herbal tea is, is bullshit. By the way, it's not real tea. It's not. What is that even? It's mm. like it's just it's too colorful. The flavors are too strong. It's very punchy. Oolong is the way to go. I mean, like I, I'm I grew up in Japan, so we drank like a lot of oolong 
tea all I'm the time. So confused. So you grew up in Japan, but you also grew up in Ohio. But yeah. It seems like your home in your heart is New York. Well, so I was born in Japan, and when I was seven, I moved to Singapore for one year, and then I don't, I don't remember anything. So don't ask me to Singapore. I don't remember anything. You don't so remember young. Singaporean chili crab? You don't remember uh, eating I don't remember that? anything. I, I, I didn't even go to the local school. I went to like an all Japanese school because we knew we were moving back. So I went to like an international. <laughs> Your dad's Japanese like, don't, don't put roots down. We're leaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I moved back <laughs> to Japan, and when I was eight. I moved to Ohio. I was there from eight to eighteen, and then I moved to New York, and I was there from eight to thirty-one, and then when I was thirty-one, I moved to LA. Okay, so when you go from Japan, I'm not even gonna say Japan slash Singapore. When you go from Japan yeah. to Ohio, yeah, do you think we started from the bottom? Now we're here. Or did you or did you think how the hell did we end up in Ohio? Well, I'm so young. I'm eight, so I don't. I you know I think eight year olds are just kind of like thinking about like Pokemon and like girls they have crushes on. So sure. like I I didn't care. You know, actually, in fact, when I moved here. Uh, I, there was so much land in Ohio. We had like a backyard, which like oh. no one in Japan has a backyard because it's like a small country, you know? So like, it's, I mean, unless you're like rich or live on a farm, nobody has this kind of space. So, you know, from my perspective, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And like, I, when you're that young, you don't really think about the fact that you go to school every day and you have no idea what anyone's saying. Like, it doesn't like bother you for some reason. It's pretty magical. I think it's because your brain hasn't developed and you're so open-minded and you're just trying to like communicate to like play basketball with your friends and stuff. So like, and they're also receptive. They don't really care that you don't speak English either. They're not making fun of you. They don't really understand like le- like that other people speak different languages either because you're so young. Yeah. And I think that's why kids learn languages so fast because there's zero judgment and there's zero insecurity. And so you like speed up the learning process because you're just like two people trying to communicate. Hold you know on. what I mean? So I want to I wanna back up for a second. You came here knowing no English? I mean, like, I knew the alphabet, you know. We have, sure, like, but you couldn't be it. like, hey, what's up, how's it going? No, I knew, like, dog and, like, cat and, like, bathroom or whatever. Like, random words, you know. It's crazy to me that your first language is Japanese and you are such a funny stand-up in English. Like, that is... Yeah, it's weird. But, I mean, like, eight, you know, eight. Eight yeah, and all is English. Do you think... Or actually, let me not ask, do you think, have you ever written jokes in Japanese? No, I don't I don't know how. I, you have to have mastery over the language, I think, to do comedy. And I don't think I have mastery of the Japanese language. Just I, listen, like, you I know. don't know. I, you, you, you could fool me. That's crazy. Yeah. You just like, well, you know what? We had a kid when I was growing up named Masayuki. Yeah. And his English wasn't perfect, but he was so good at soccer. Yeah. Everyone was just like, yeah, like he could he did, he didn't talk much, but everyone was like, "Man, Masayuki's the man." You know, like, my first name is Masafumi. No, yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. Masa is a very common first part of a first name. I didn't know that. Yeah, but I mean, like my friends growing up called me Fumi, and it's easier for comedy, so I just go by Fumi. But you know what I was thinking the other day? So I always knew you, and I believe this is correct, but I always knew you as Fumi Abe. Yeah, and then I heard someone refer to you as Fumi Abe, well, and that's I was incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I didn't know that, and I was like, did I mess? Have I messed no, this up? No, no, no. I just like don't always correct people, or like they don't ask me, and they assume. But it's so random that I would get a Japanese last name that sounds like a random American first name. <laughs> I know? mean, that's true, yeah. No other Japanese names are like that, you know? And it's weird because when people would first say it, I was like, I don't, I've never met anyone named Abe. Like, what are you talking about? It's short for Abraham. And then when they said it like that, I was like, oh, like Abraham Lincoln. But even then I was like, I have zero friends named Abraham. I don't think I, you know, I met Abraham once. Really? Twice, twice. Yeah, in the it's, Bible. Not, <laughs> it's not a big enough name where I'm just no. like, yeah, like I'll me and all my Abes hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, so you were in Ohio. What made you want to leave Ohio to go to New York? I grew up in like a small town in Ohio, but every summer I'd go back to Japan. And so like oh. I had this other point of view of the world because I knew the world was bigger than Hilliard, Ohio, which is where I grew up. And a lot of my friends were just sort of stuck in that world. Yep. And then for a while, like I think I just wanted to be accepted in that world. But then as you grow up and you're in high school and you're like reading shit and on the internet, you're like, the world is bigger than this, like the way I'm being treated here is not the way I'll be treated for the rest of my life. Because if I leave this, there's like other people who have the similar interests as me or like doing other things. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in my community just goes to Ohio State and they become like dentists. You're talking about the Ohio State. The Ohio State, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I knew I wanted to leave, but no, it's so crazy. Like I went to one of those high schools where like my valedictorian, you know, she got like a perfect on her SAT. She went to Ohio Northern University. Well, I don't even know what that like, is. Like no one leaves. Like no one leaves because no one wants to leave Ohio, you know? Interesting. No one went to like Harvard or anything like that. I think there was maybe like a financial aspect to it. Maybe they couldn't afford it. Sure. Nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. had the ambition, you know? And I think when I turned about 17 or 18, I could identify that. And I was like, this is cool, but I don't, this isn't, my life, you know? So I just wanted to go outside of the state and 
I had a good friend who was a year above me who went to NYU and uh, I didn't even know what NYU was. And I was like, okay, cool. So I like looked into it. I didn't apply to that many schools. I just, I think I just wanted to go to New York. You know, you were just like, okay, anything there, is there NYU, there's Columbia, new school, whatever. Yeah. Well, I knew I couldn't do Ivy because my grades were shit. So I was like, let me just go to shit like Ivy standard shit, you know, but like, yeah, I just wanted to get out. I think it was, it was good. The thing I know most about like NYU specifically is like a lot of people go through hammer cats. I know like that's like a big- Oh, I don't do comedy at NYU at all. You do I, comedy in college at all? No, I didn't even know what it was. Like I didn't, I, I remember like I went to the comedy cellar once and then I went to go see, I actually went to UCB and I saw Donald Glover's improv troupe called Derek Comedy. Derek Comedy, if yeah. If you remember them from the YouTube Absolutely. days, like I was a huge fan, so I went to go see them. And I remember I thought it was so cool because they were so funny. And afterwards they were like, they self-produced a movie called Mystery, Mystery Team. Team. And they yep. showed it to us. And like, this is when I just moved to New York from Ohio. And I was like, this is so fucking New York, dude. Like, this is crazy. So like, I was a fan, but I didn't really understand. Like, I don't know, I guess like growing up in a community like that, in an unambitious community, no one told me that like, TV writing or like producing is like a job. Like I, I didn't really think about it. Even when I was yeah. at NYU, people were like, I'm a film major. I'm like, oh, you want to be like a director? That's cool. And I just like, ne it never really clicked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know anybody doing stand-up comedy, but then I didn't start until I was 24. But I think it all kind of started because I was like in New York and I like saw it in the city or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I was doing, like I was studying music business in college. Hold on. So, so random. So that's where I thought I was going to go. Is music business. Yeah. So I was I was interning in Atlantic Records. Oh, in New York? Yeah. Oh, no way. Is that part of Sony or no? No, it was, was under it was under Warner. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. It was under, yeah, if you ever heard the name Lior Cohen, that was the guy that kind of ran the show over there. And under him, I, I reported to a woman named Leslie Dweck who thought it was hilarious to make all of her passwords really inappropriate. So that way, if I had to like call, for example, the cable company, yeah. I did because I was helping her. Yeah. She's like, can you call and like cancel my, or like change my cable plan? I'm like, sure. So like I called and they're like, what is the verbal password? Yeah. And I was like, it's um, penis 6969. <laughs> and the person's like, are you sure? I'm like, sorry. Penis sixty nine sixty nine four twenty. They're like, and, and they're like, that's great, that's great. Yeah, I feel like so. I play like music all my life, and then I like didn't have the confidence to be like, oh, I could do this professionally. So I was like, well, maybe I, I want to work like around it. And then, yeah, yeah. So that was my logic for going into music business. But I'm sure, as you know, when you start interning and stuff, you kind of realize it's not that cool because you're not doing the music, and it's then also horrible. like you realize like. Around senior year, you're like looking for jobs and you get these offers and you're like, $35,000? Like, what are you talking about? I got a $35,000 offer to do mobile marketing for Sony. And it was the worst offer I could even imagine. I didn't take it. I didn't either. Like, I, I was like, I'd rather just, my I remember my plan was, because that offer was so low. I was like, I'd rather work at the Apple store and look for another job than do yeah, this, yeah, 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 you know, because yeah. it would give me more time. So that's, I actually, I, I, I even at the Apple store and I got a job at the Apple store. I didn't take it. I was going to say, were you a genius? No. I was going to take it. Then I got like another job at an advertising agency for like a little bit more money. So I just took that. But like for fashion and music, like those two industries, they really take advantage of young kids because it sounds really cool to go to a party and be like, oh, I work for, you know, Sony Records or whatever. You know, I work for Vogue. I work for Harper's Bazaar or whatever. I think that one's less cool, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, everybody is- You know Harper's Bazaar, right? <laughs> Is yeah, that yeah. a fashion magazine? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have no uh, idea. But they really take advantage of young kids because in exchange for being able to say that, they pay you like $27,000. If that. Yeah, so that's what I, I think around when I was like eight, 22, before I graduated, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I, did, I interned and then I just, I never worked in, I've never worked in music after that. Yeah, I kind of like dilly-dallied around in music, but I never really worked, worked in there. Like yeah. I got paid under the table a little bit, but I never really worked, worked there. It was also like really sad. Like mm -hmm. no one in there was happy. Yeah. You really see like people kind of get in their heads about their positions and like, yeah, a lot of my bosses were like pretty shitty people. Correct. And I'm like, why? Your industry is dying. Like, why are you treating me this way? You know? They're like, if we're going to, if people are going to stream, I'm going to, I'm going to stream my anger on you. Yeah. So. It's kind of like, I just remember thinking like, well, I don't, there must be a more like worker friendly environment. Like I don't want to get treated like shit and get paid like shit. You know, like that's- you, oh, you If you pay one. me well, you could treat me like yeah, shit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If yeah, you pay yeah. me more money, then yeah, you can call me a racial slur. I don't give a shit, yeah. you know? But like, 
you know. I wonder how much money someone would have to pay me for if someone's like, hey, can I call you like a lot of really insensitive things? I'm like, well, I guess like, I don't know how much it would take. <laughs> Honestly, pie every day, I might be like, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> when you do your performance review and you ask for a raise, you're like, well, you can call me this word now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what, well, that is what I said. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can start verbally and emotionally abusing me. Just, I'm looking for a little, about 10% on top of that's what I had before. <laughs> no, I definitely had, listen, this is a really sad story. I had a boss once that was so mean. I once came in and I was like, I wasn't really feeling it. And she's like, you're usually more talkative. What's going on? And I was like, oh, this is just a bit of a hard day for me. This is my father's birthday and he passed away a couple of years ago. And um, and she just says this, she goes, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, people die and- <laughs> <laughs> Still work that has God to be done. Damn. And I was like, what? It's that toxic, like, New York hustle culture, you know? But you know what? That was in LA. <laughs> it was in LA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I won't name her, but- um, People die. People die, but work still has to be done. That's- But you're an intern. No, I had a job at oh, that point. this is a real job. This is a real job. Oh, this is a real job. Yeah. Okay, got it. This is a, a big boy job. And uh, wow. even though I felt like a little boy in that moment, I was like, that's <laughs> my dad. Um, and she's like, I don't care. I'm like, that's fair. You can be my new father. And then, oh my yeah. God. And she raised me. Um, <laughs> she adopted point. you. Yeah, yeah, she adopted me. And uh, yep, yep, I think yep. she was only maybe three, four years older than me, but yeah, she became my dad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I don't work in the music industry. It's changed so much since then, but- um, I wouldn't go near the music industry anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to work on the business side of a creative endeavor. I think I need to be the creator or I don't want to be around it at all because I know how crazy people can be. I know how hard it is to manage creative people sometimes. Yeah, but like part of me thinks, and tell me if you disagree, part of me thinks that being a creative in this day and age requires you to also be the business side. Well, that's different because you're like, I need to have the understanding of the business side as I'm creating and marketing. But like, I don't think that I want to be like just a manager for- No. You know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, just on that's the industry hard. side. Like I don't ever want to work for like WME or something, yeah, you know, God. that sounds awful. <laughs> So I want to take us to our first segment. Our first segment is called the newly friend game. Okay. I am going to ask you a question. We are both going to write down our answers. You're going to write down what your answer is. I'm going to write down what I think it is. Okay. And then we'll flip our board, see if we're right. And then we will do the same thing for me. Okay. We're going to do the same question though. I think there are not boatloads of options here. That's fine. So I haven't gotten to this part of our discussion yet, but you write for late night. I used to. You used to. Yeah. Right, right, right. I knew I did know that. You used to write for late night, which means you probably had exposure to late night segments. Mm -hmm. So my question for you, and don't tell me, write it down, is what is your favorite of any show, not just what you wrote on, what is your favorite late night segment? Okay. Can I I'll be honest with you? <laughs> so I don't even like late night. Like I don't watch it. <laughs> so this is not work through anymore. So this like, is not a good question. I, I, for you. It's like it's not something I grew up watching at all. I okay. remember I specifically remember when I was 24 and I started stand-up comedy. I remember a part on Sherla was in the New York scene. I remember she had just gotten hired to write for Thown or Seth Meyers or something. And people were like kind of be like, oh, a partner's like leveling up. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking like, I'll never work in late night because that's not my kind of humor. And like, I'm not good at that shit. I'll never. And then fast forward, like eight years later, working for a late night show. I was going to say, you yeah. are 100%. And, and I'm like, you know, I learned how to do it and stuff. But like, I really, like some people love the concept of a late night comedy show. And they're like, I've been watching Conan since I was a kid. I was just, yeah. none of that. None of that shit interests me. I didn't, I don't even really watch SNL. You know, I- You don't watch SNL? No, because I think that's a very like American thing. And like my parents didn't watch it either. If you, listen, if you listen to monologue jokes and stuff, they're not written for like you and I. They're written for like soccer moms in the Midwest. You know, it's- Everything is written for the Midwest. It just didn't really speak to me. And so like, I remember as a kid, like the first comedy comedy thing that I fell in love with was the Chappelle show because he would do a lot of jokes that like covering topics that I cared about. Okay. And I, I thought was funny. So like, I was more into that shit. And then like, obviously I got into like the office and all that stuff. Like, and I never ever watched talk. Like I knew who like Jay Leno was, but I couldn't tell you like, any segments that he had done. Letterman, no idea. I actually can't name any segments. The ones, only ones I know are the ones that I worked on at Corden, which is like carpool karaoke or whatever. Say, or like spill your guts or fill your guts. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah, I even forgot about that one, you know? You forgot about that one. I that, forgot about that, that one because he, only... like, he like got in trouble for it when I first started working there because, oh, the, kind of the because, the, like. because the gross foods are all like Asian. And so people were like, why are you picking Asian? Like it would be like cow tongue. But like, 
I eat cow tongue all the time. It's so good. Oh, I you thought know? it was like a salmon smoothie. Like, no, now they made it like that. But before it would be just be like a random Chinese dish or something. You know? he, also, he also never eats it. He takes one no. bite and spits it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways. Okay, so then let me give you a different question. Yeah. Because you just said Chappelle Show. You watch the Chappelle Show a lot? As a kid, I did, yeah. Well, if I asked you, again, don't say my, it out my loud. My favorite sketch? Your favorite sketch? Yeah, 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 yeah. You do okay. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, write that down. Now I need to really think because there's some like obvious choices, but I don't think that you're going to make one of those. Hold on. All right, you ready? Flip your board on yeah. three, two, one, flip it. You wrote white people can't dance with John Mayer. Oh, that one? yes, I do. Oh my God. That Damn. was so funny. I was so young too. And like, I just remember like vividly watching that with my sister and just like, fucking dying. I mean, that is a great one. I, so funny. So for those at home, he wrote down White People Can't Dance with John Mayer. I wrote down Clayton Bigsby where he is a is black, blind KKK member. Oh yeah, that was good too. That was good too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh man. Oh, I really thought I was going to get it. I don't know why, but in my head I was like, this I mean, is that one's really funny. This one just has like such an emotional uh, space in my heart because of, I think it was like the first sketch I saw or something. And I'd never seen anything like that before. Do you know John Mayer you briefly had like kind of a sketch okay. kind of like show thing going on? A sketch show? It was not like a sketch show. Like he had like a show where like he would like go out in the parking lot of his like concerts like dressed as a bear and like- Oh, like vaguely. I, yeah, I don't like it when musicians show like- when I think like he's that, funny. He is. He also does sets of the comedy side sometimes. He just shows Still? up. I don't know, but I, 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 I feel like three years point. ago, yeah, I don't like point. it when people like that do comedy. Like what's his name? Like John Hamm tried to do like a comedy face. Remember, not stand up, but like he tried to be like the funny guy. He was in a boatload of comedies. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, you're like a handsome guy. Just fucking. You're like, leave it to just me. Just do the madman shit. You know, that's all we want. You're Don Draper. I'm Fumi. Like, let me. <laughs> you know what? Let's stick with Chappelle. Uh, can you guess my favorite sketch from Chappelle? <laughs> that one? <laughs> no, definitely not. I rewatch Key and Peele much more than I rewatch Chappelle because. Key and Peele, you were watching it in college probably, or like whenever that 20s. came out. I don't remember when it came out. Yeah, Chappelle's but. show came out when I was like really young. Flip your board on three, two, one, hit me. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Oh, we both wrote down oh, the racial shit. draft. The race draft. How yeah. did you remember that? It was an obscure one. I, I liked that a lot. It was, but. My, it was my all-time favorite. I want to say that, that, and again, I haven't watched it in years. I think Bill Burr was in that. Yes, he was the announcer. Yep, he yep. was the announcer. Yep. Yeah. It's so crazy. People talk about Seinfeld as like, you know, he invented observational comedy, you mm -hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done my research, but like Dave Chappelle like really invented like this sort of like hardcore race sketch comedy. I mean, where it's really? Like pretty hardcore, but like done goofy enough that it's like pretty consumable for the mass. And that's why I think I fell in love with it because I didn't know that you could do that with comedy when I was like 12, you know? But you don't, I'm trying to think, by the way, that's the newly friend game. You don't even need your board anymore. How do you feel? Oh, I mean, it's great. I, yeah, I, that's I the whole won. game. I Segment done. Game. Segment done. That's great. I'm trying to think though, going back to what you were just saying, I don't know that I've heard you do a lot of stuff about race. I mean, I heard you do a joke once about a girl saying she like wasn't into Asian guys and you're like, I'm the only one you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, so in my, when I first started comedy, I mean, in my twenties, I talked a lot about race and identity stuff because I was trying to figure that out myself too. You know, I yeah, think- yeah, yeah. I think having grown up in a white community and then like going to New York and then like, I think when I was growing up, I was like, I, I fit in, but I also didn't fit in. And then I come to New York and there's like a lot more different diverse people. There's a lot more Asian people. But then I'm meeting Asian American kids who grew up in big Asian communities. And like, I remember I got made fun of because I didn't know what bubble tea was. Cause we didn't have that in Ohio in 2006 or seven. We didn't have that where I grew up either. We didn't have that. But like I go to NYU, I'm meeting kids from like Georgia and like New Jersey. And they're like, you know, their school's like 80% Korean or whatever. And like, and you know, it's just like, I didn't know what that was. I remember I went to a Asian frat, like mixer. I was like meeting like, I guess like party Asian bros for the first time. Cause I didn't, I didn't know anyone like that where I came from. And I was like trying to fit in and I couldn't like, I didn't really click with them. And I remember feeling very like, you know, it's like, oh, I thought this was the answer, but it's not, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think th all that went into my standup. And so I think a lot of my standup, my 20 was like, who am I? And then I think now that I'm older, I know who I am. And now a lot of my jokes are about money because now it's like, where is my money? It's the sort of the theme of my standup now. So I talk a lot about like capitalism and like, you know, young people not being able to buy homes and stuff like that, you know? 
wait a minute. Because you have you have a podcast. Uh, Cash Cuties. Yep, Cash Cuties. Check it out. Yep, yep. Go here. I'm gonna go down the barrel. Go listen to Cash Cuties. Cash Cuties. Uh, yes. Especially if you're if you're only listening and you're not viewing this, you're already in your podcast feed. Yeah, check you're it out. On it's, your podcast. It's a very fun app. premise. We look at our friends' credit card statements and then we judge their spending habits with love and try to get to know them. That would scare the, the way they spend crap money. out of me. But I guess my bigger question is, have you always been interested in money? Because you just said that, and I know you have that podcast. Has money always Well, been so- I think I'm more interested in it now. I think I've always- more of it. That, but also like, I never really like critically thought about money and I never really thought about like wealth and stuff like that until yeah, I yeah. started doing comedy. And like, you know, I worked in advertising until I was like 30 years old, you know, yeah. uh, just to support my uh, comedy career. How did you, you make know? the jump from advertising to writing for Gordon. Um, well, you know, eventually I got like a manager through stand up and then I just sure. submitted a packet. So it was just it like, didn't like come find me. You well, know? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like what well, recordings people like, listen, we've spilled our guts, but we want to fill our guts. With <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to make you talk about money specifically, but what I will say is traditionally writing for a late night show might not pay the same as a corporate full time job. No, dude. It pays way more. It pays way more? Dude, are you serious? So why did you leave? Oh, they just didn't renew my contract. Oh, you're yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They didn't want me anymore. Yeah, I, no, it's incredible. That's why everybody wants to be TV writers. I mean, listen, I'm happy to talk about money. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Well, so here's what's funny. So I work a corporate day job. Yeah. And I do that because there is not an avenue right now where comedy can financially make sense for me at a full-time clip. Right, right. So that's why when I meet someone like you who says, I used to work in corporate and then I made the jump. You made the jump not only because it was what you wanted to do, but also because it was a better financial situation for you. Yes, I would have done it even if it was less money, but like this is why TV writing jobs are so competitive is because the money is so good. But it's good because it's not stable. That's the thing, yeah. You don't know when you're gonna be asked to leave. So like some people, you know, only get signed for like one or two cycles. You know, I did it for like four or five, you know. Some people stay on for like years. You know, you never know. Also, you could be working on a show that gets canceled. Then you're, everybody's fired, you know. Did you want to stay on or were you kind of like- No, I wanted to stay on. I just like, it it wasn't a good fit. And after like a year, they just kind of like, we're not gonna renew your contract. And I was like, all right, that's fine. You were you, I'm, it doesn't sound like you were surprised. No, I was honestly, every time we had a hiatus, I can't believe they kept me on for that long. I I was so bad, but like, but I was like I'm getting sure better. you were not No, bad. I wasn't like awful. I was fine. But like every hiatus I had, my girlfriend was still living in New York and I'd go back and I'd be like, I'm still working there. Oh my <laughs> like, God. I remember saying to her, be like, if they didn't renew this time, I can't get mad at anybody. But then like, what was annoying is like the, the show is ending in April. Oh yeah. So by that time I was like, they already had announced it. And I was like, well, anyone who's going to get after me is not going to be as good as me. Cause I already like learned the process. So yeah, you might, as well, just like, might as well just keep me. Right. Like, cause I already know how to do, yeah. I'm already like useful enough. And so that's, that was annoying. I think that was the only annoying part, but like, you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, like, I think I like went through a little emo phase about it because it's weird. You know, I was always like, I know I said that shitty grades earlier, but like, you know, I'm like an all A student, you know, I think like, yeah, I pride myself in my work. I've literally never gotten fired in my life. That's not like a thing that no, no, no. happens. I, you know, like every person I've worked for has been like, obviously like getting the interview and stuff is difficult, but like once I'm like working for you, like I'm very useful. And I really like took pride in that. And then like, it was difficult in like a comedy writing situation to be like, oh, you just like didn't get enough ideas and so sorry. But like, it happens a lot. And so yeah. then it's like, and I'm talking to the other writers like, oh yeah, like I got fired from my last job too, you know? So it's like, it's just something you have to get used to because not every show is going to be a good fit for you. And that was yeah. a hard pill to swallow because I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I, I always do a great job, you know? I used to operate in the world being like, you know, like I'm a great worker, I'm this, I'm this, but like I can't be A plus in it every time. It's just not how the world works, you know? So I think standup has taught me to just fucking like chill and look at things holistically and, you know, just kind of be more zen about it. I try to do that. <laughs> Maybe I need to call you next time. <laughs> Have you ever had it where someone who's not in the industry tries to be supportive of you and then it just ends up going sideways? Like, I'll give you a really good example. I saw a movie recently. I went to a, a private screening of a movie that is just came out in theaters. The person that directed it was a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Directed it, it was a great movie, had very big stars in it. And I was like, wow. And I walked out with my girlfriend and I was like, man, it's like, Hard not to like start feeling like, you know, have I not done enough? Like this guy's a year younger than me, directed a feature film that's in theaters now. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing that she said was meant to be very nice. Mm-hmm. She looks and she goes, yeah, but does he have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just like, I was like, end, end my life right now. <laughs> like yeah. I try not to like listen to regular people's feedback about stuff that that's not going to help me. You know, it's hard to take criticism with your stand up. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I, 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 I like to think that I know what I did wrong. You know, I don't always, I'll go to my grave about some jokes. I have a joke that like never does well, but in my heart, I'm like, this is funny. And yeah, don't yeah, see yeah, that yeah. it's on you, which yeah. is nonsense. But it's important to have jokes. Every comedian has jokes like that, you know? I mean, I, I stopped doing them, but it's important to have that. Yeah, I don't do it anymore, yeah. but I do think that it's a hilarious premise that I will go to the grave thinking yeah, it's a yeah, riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then one day, you know, Jesse David Fox will have me on Good One and he'll be like, do you have a joke that never works, but you think it's amazing? Is it the premise of that podcast? That's one of his like ending questions. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I'll just be like, yeah, I do. I do. I have a thousand. But this is <laughs> all of them, actually. This is one of them. It's about billboards. Um, yeah. No, but I have that. But yeah, no, I, I don't I don't often necessarily take it. I don't know if advice is the word criticism, I suppose, from other people. Like, I am from a family that my sister's pretty good about it. My mother will just, she leads with criticism. Wow. But she's never seen me do stand-up. Yeah. I feel like they should teach kids how to take and give criticism in school. Sure. I feel because the first time you get criticized, you feel so raw. Yeah. You know, even though they're not like trying to hurt you necessarily, but it makes you feel bad. Yes. And I think it's the same. It's related to like, you know, when like comedians get called out or like somebody, not even comedians, like you, somebody posts some podcast and people are like, that's racist. And they're like, I'm not a racist. Ever. You know, they freak the fuck out because yeah. they're being accused of something that they I've said. got friends of that race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's, it's, that's just a, a result of people. That guy's never been criticized in that way before. Mm. And I think if we could teach kids that criticism is just sort of part of life and it's just a way of communicating something, we could have a more peaceful society. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. I just think like when people flip out, I'm like, oh, it's because you've never been criticized before. Or sure. like in that way. And you're only hearing what you want to hear. Like you think they're coming after you. They're just saying like, they didn't like that thing that you did, but they're not saying they fucking hate you. No. You know, but they interpret it like that. And then they make it into a bigger thing. Yeah. Like if your girlfriend were like, Fumi, there are things you could do better in the bedroom. I think you'd be like, yeah, like that. I'm not going to take I'm that I'm not personally. a racist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Um, I've had some criticism. I, I did a one man show when I was in Chicago and I did not love- some of the, the stuff reviews. written about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, the review, I think I got two and a half out of four stars from the Chicago Tribune and they were just That's like, good they came though. Yeah. If they had said something nicer, I would have been jazzed about Is it. Is two and a half bad? Yeah. It's not good. What would you want? Three? Yeah. Three? So three's good. Three's, three's but you're good. off by half. Yeah, but that half feels big. Um, you know, you know how it's like like they're selling something for nine ninety nine. You know, it's ten bucks. Yeah. Two point five feels like it's just a two with mm. some shine on it. Um, but you know, I think with stuff like that. It was the first one-man show you ever did? Yeah. Hey, it can only go up, you know? Like, it's yeah. okay. I mean, it wasn't a great show. I'll openly admit it was not a great show. Okay, then two and a half, that but like, fine. But like her criticisms, I was just like, that's not, that part, that's, a, I don't like this. I, I don't think criticism, I don't know if this is true or not, but I don't think, I think criticism only helps if it's from someone you trust and admire. If you write a pilot or put out any content, I don't think I need criticism from every single person in the world. No. Right. I only want it from specific people and you have to be careful of that. So I don't care if you work for the Chicago Tribune. Like if I don't know you or know your work, like your opinion means nothing to me, you know? And I think like- Where were you when I needed someone I just, to say like, that I, to I don't read like podcast, like, you know, we have like podcast reviews and stuff like that and like YouTube comments. Like, I, don't, I don't read them. I just go, thanks, thanks. Even if they say something bad, I go like, cool, like and subscribe. Like, I don't care. You know, I just- I don't think, oh, I, I, I only I, care about the opinions of like my friends who have like successful podcasts. And I'm like, oh, what do you think about the segments? And you know, and they have like real feedback. Like, oh, I like it, but it's a little too long. So why don't you do like 15 minute blocks and you do four segments? Or, you know, like they have like real applicable yeah. criticism. And I think with, on the internet, everybody has an equal voice and that's annoying. You know, somebody be like two stars, it's too quiet or whatever, you know, like that's a real review we got on our podcast. Like it's too and quiet. You're just like, you're just like, what I'm like, volume? how is this too, like, what's your volume setting? Yeah, it's crazy. So I think you have to be careful as artists and creators. You can't take everybody criticism because then you'll lose who you are you know i think i already have uh, <laughs> speaking of segments so we do need to get our second segment it's called teach me something okay it could take 10 seconds it could take 10 minutes preferably not 10 minutes because i don't have the attention span for that yeah but a lot of people that i love and trust say i have a lot to learn so i try and use this segment to do that if you could teach me anything what would you teach me <laughs> i don't know why when you pitched this segment to me earlier i wanted to teach you how to do a v lookup for some reason <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is, I'm going to be honest. Number one, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't know how to do a VLOOKUP, but I, I don't think you have a laptop in which no, to show I, so me No, I can't VLOOKUP. do it. Do you use VLOOKUPs well, so What do you do for work? I'm in sales. Do you use Excel a lot or Google no, Sheets? No, not really, no. Okay, I, I was like, I did like 
analyst stuff for a long time. So like I'm pretty oh, you fast living with Excel. In the lookup. I love Excel shit. I, I, I love Excel. I mean, if I you actually, can describe it. I, I a- just did my taxes. I love doing my taxes every year. It's terrible. I love organizing everything. How do you do it? Because I use a budgeting app. So every time I use my credit card, it gets logged into this app. Mm. And then so at the end of the year, I export it and then I categorize it myself and then I make a pivot table. And then like yeah, I do the whole thing. And then so my accountant can look at like every category and how much like I'm trying to expense or write off or whatever. And then if he has questions, he can like double click it and it like shows you everything that I've categorized under that name or whatever. And he could be like, oh, you actually can't write this off or whatever it is, you know. Do you use a separate credit card specifically for comedy? I have a business account. Okay. But you know, I also do, I do it for my personal account too. I love organization shit. What is, I mean, you don't have to say the <laughs> app out loud because they're not paying you, but is, this app is worth using. I use Mint, but, it's, use Mint. I, but I'm not saying it's better than the other one. It's just the one I use starting 2012. So I have like historical data of how, how I've been spending since I was 22 years old. I just don't want to give Mint that data. I don't care because I, it helps me do taxes. You know what I mean? Like I'm in the middle of doing my taxes right now. And it's yeah, how's it going for I'm you? I'm calculating mileage and driving and all this other crap. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I should probably keep track of my mileage, but I don't do that. What can I teach you? Yeah, teach me something fun. I can teach you like a weird Japanese word. Please, I'm interested. So I don't think a lot of people know this. A lot of Japanese words, like obviously we have our own language, but like a lot of Japanese words. So if there's a word that doesn't exist in the Japanese language or something that was not invented in the country of Japan. We, so we have three alphabets. It's one's phonetic. Okay. Second one is the same thing as the first one, but every letter looks different and it's used for foreign stuff. So for example, ice cream is not a product from Japan. That's a European product or okay, whatever. Sure, yeah, so that sense. was something that was introduced to Japanese culture whenever. So we don't have a word for ice cream. So we just say ice cream. And then when you say that, you use the second alphabet because second alphabet sort of implies that it's a foreign object. Interesting. Or a foreign concept or something. Okay. Yeah. And then the third alphabet is like the Chinese characters. So like if you, if you wrote your name in Japanese, you would use the second alphabet. Huh. I, would, I would use the third one because I have like my name means something. You know what I mean? Okay, got it. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. my, like my parents gave me a specific Chinese character for my name. Oh. Right. So it doesn't necessarily say, that character doesn't necessarily imply Fumi. It implies a meaning that Fumi has. You can read it as Fumi, but the way, there's like different ways to spell Fumi, you know, but they chose a specific way. So it's important for me to use the third alphabet. But for you, if you're just writing like John or whatever, you just use, you know, the second alphabet. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What, is it too personal to ask what, what your name means according to that? Um, so Masa is elegance. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and Fumi, I don't know what Fumi means. It's like, maybe it means history or something. You don't have don't the know. second half of your, the meaning? Well, it's just like Fumi is like a really common second part of a name. I thought you said Masa was a so common is Masa. first part. So you're pretty much John Smith in Japan. Yeah, it's pretty, my name is pretty common. No, that's not true. Parts of my name are common, I guess. Is Josh common? No, Josh is not common. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't find a Japanese guy named Josh? But I guess Josh? what I'm saying is like, I can't use the Chinese characters to spell Josh. Because, I mean, I could, but then it would be called like forced kanji, which is like, I'm just choosing, I'm basing it off a sound and there's no meaning to it. You know what I mean? So then if someone wrote my name phonetically, I don't get a, a character that has a particular meaning in my name. Exactly. That's sad. It is sad, isn't it? It's not fair. Yeah. I would like a character. Some people will like, for funsies, pick a character that sounds like that name because they like the meaning of it and like sort of give themselves a Japanese That's like when someone's it. like, yeah, my friends call me, you know, the truck stop. And you're like, they don't call you. That. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. no, like call me that. And you're like, he's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so there's a funny, so like, I didn't really start thinking about this until I like recently, but there's funny like translations of Japanese words. For example, like, um, <laughs> I don't know why it's called this. Somebody can look it up. The word for outlet in Japan. So we don't have a word for outlet. We use the European word or the English word and it's consento, which I think is the English word for consent. This is what it sounds like. Isn't that weird? So is you're it consenting you're putting, putting it, in? it in? Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? I don't love that. I don't love that either. Can I tell you, that might be the dirtiest teach me something, <laughs> even though it's not dirty. But like, I've never heard anyone really talk about it, you know? But we have like weird ones. Like if your tire goes flat, we say your tire got punked, but it's short for punctured. 
Oh. Yeah, not like punk rock. Uh, no, I was thinking Ashton Kutcher. Um, oh, yeah, it's actually not punked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Put a yeah. nail in your tire. You yeah, just yeah. got punked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought the Japanese culture predominantly revolves around Ashton Kutcher. Is that not right? It used to be until the 80s. Okay, got it. No, no, yeah, no that, yeah, makes yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> that was, yeah, it's very like, yeah, more ancient Japanese yeah, culture. Yeah, was yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. Culture-based. Around like the Meiji era is right. when Ashton yeah. Kutcher was really powerful. Huge there, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Big. I think about him a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, it, it is weird though. I was like, I don't have cable, and I was in a hotel room uh, for comedy recently, which means it was like a really nice hotel room, just like excellent stuff, just top of the line. And by that I mean it was so sad that I turned on the TV and everything was sticky in there, and I was just like trying to like find something to watch. And uh, reruns of Punked were on TV. Dude, that shit gets problematic sometimes, man. I watched it. <laughs> Did you like it? No. <laughs> That's no ill will against Ashton. I mean, like, I think that like that was of the time, but I just, you know, it just didn't really, I yeah. don't like ill-spirited, mean-spirited stuff. I think the 2000s was mean. It is. There's a lot of comedy based on mean things. Jackass is it's very mean to each other. Mean to each other. Yeah, yeah. There's like a little bit of bullying aspect also in, in Punked. I think that would not be tolerated today. The Punked episode I saw, which for better or worse was the one that was on TV, had Justin Timberlake in it. And they were like, yeah, your accountant evaded taxes. We're seizing everything you love. And then they like took a guitar and he thought it was his. It was not. They took a guitar and just started breaking it. <laughs> and he was freaking out. Yeah. Well, he was really sad. And I was like, this is sad. Well, the emotional, like, even when you get punked, the emotional damage is done. Yeah. You, know? you felt and experienced that, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not real, it doesn't matter. Well, it is real because you just fucking did it. It was you real know? for you yeah, for yeah, at least yeah, an yeah. hour or however yeah. long it takes. Yeah. You're like, who was it? It was like Ashton, or not Ashton. It was like Justin Bieber, like Frankie Munez, who just punched a guy in the face. Frankie Munez, what the fuck? Someone punched a guy in the face. And then did they come out and be like, we're joking? Well, they were like, we were, we were joking, but he'd already punched the dude. Yeah, that would never get made today. No. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, half the things I think when you look back and you're like, oh, this was really good. You're like, oh, that's problematic now. Yeah. There was like, I'm trying to think of like other shows that even like Queer Eye for Gay Guy or what was that for show? The Straight Guy. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah. I, I didn't love that. If it were Queer Eye for the Gay Guy, it would just be the same eye. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> It's one eye. I don't know. I think it was just a lot of like, because the way they do it now is more nuanced. And back then it was just like based on stereotypes. Well, yeah, because also though, like that was back back in the day where like, I'll tell you that this is 100%. I swear to you, this is happening. This happened in the past two weeks. I have a skincare regimen. So like at night, like I wash my face yeah. and like, you know, I put on moisturizer and stuff like that. And I told a buddy of mine, he goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I was like, why not? And he's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine without it. And I was like, is it weird to you that a guy uses moisturizer? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's just like, dudes don't do that. And I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah, There's the phrase. Yeah. Like, because that is still, there is like this really weird baked in thing where like some stuff is weird. Like, oh, a guy like try to get a shirt that fit. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean. He doesn't lay good pipe or whatever. The people that's very toxic, know. I guess. It's, <laughs> masculinity is so interesting. I feel like it's it has been a lot of progress, but yeah, I still have a lot of friends who are like, I don't, the, 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 they always give the, I don't do that look. You yeah. Know? It's interesting. Have I mean, you ever done skincare? You ever, you ever, you ever? I, you, the only reason why I don't do it is because I'm lazy as shit. Like, but I do, fine. I do moisturize like in, when after I shower and stuff. Because I see like um, a lot of TikToks I've seen of like, just like people talking about how they've used sunscreen since they were like 13 and now they're like 47 and they look fucking incredible. I use a sunscreen moisturizer every day. I'm wearing it right now. I wish I had, I'd done it in high school, you know? I, well, I, used I wish to, that too. I used to never use sunscreen because I just didn't like the way it felt on my skin. And so I never used it. So like I'd go to like band camp and we're like, like, like for marching band, we're like outside doing it. And then like, I'm just, my skin is just so brown. I guess it burned. I got sun poisoning once. That wasn't cool. You but, got sun poisoning? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's crazy. You get this huge rash, but you can't really see it because your skin's like so brown because you're so dark and burned. I do love that you said you went to band camp though. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you buried the lead dramatically there. What, what did you play though? You said you played music your whole life. What did you play? Yeah, well, my first instrument was a trumpet. Excellent. And then I played guitar and then I played drums and then uh, I was in choir and then I was in like jazz band. I, I just loved it. I loved- So I lo everything. I loved everything. Well, I hated marching band because at my school, because nobody wants to be in the fucking marching band. If they said, who wants to join the marching band? Nobody would join. So if you were in concert band, which I liked- 
Yeah. But you didn't play a fall sport. They made you do the marching band. Yeah, they needed people. And so I ran cross country for the first two years. So I didn't do it. But then I quit after two years. Then I had to do a junior and senior year. And I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it so much. But that was like a big part of my high school life. Were you ever in a band? I feel like you'd be good in a band. Like a rock band? Yeah. Yes, I was in multiple bands. Is there evidence? Yeah, on YouTube. We were called Midnight Nice Guys. That's actually not a bad name. That's the name of my S-Corp now. It was because it was like kind of like my first creative project. So it's got, you know, it's kind of cute. Oh my, okay. If anyone's listening, forget whatever you're doing for the rest of the day. <laughs> Start finding Midnight Nice Guys. I think there's some videos on there. I remember we played one more show, winter of my freshman year in college when I went back to Ohio to see my friends. We played like one show at this like bigger venue in Columbus and we thought we were really fucking cool. And that was the last show that we did together. What was your instrument? You played I played guitar. In that band? Yeah. Did you sing yeah, too? Yeah. No. No, no, no. I, I was in a band in college too, but that was like a rock band. Like we like loved like Jack White, like and the like the White Stripes and that kind of shit. You know, there's so, evidence of that band. The Midnight Nice Guys. Oh no, the one in college. I wish that there was. There might be like an audio thing on my phone. The college band. We were fucking good. <laughs> we were good. High school we band. Were good. High school band. We were fun. Yeah. College band. We were good. I think that my high school and into college, I mean, we played throughout college. My band- Oh, you were in a band? I was definitely in a band. What was your band called? Brayton's Way. Who's Brayton? It's a street I lived on. Oh. Uh, The the guy I originally started it with, I lived on Brayton Road. He lived on Michelle Way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, What'd you play? I played guitar and I sang. Okay. And wrote the music. And I stand by the fact that individually in this band, everyone was pretty good. Yeah. My vocals were not perfect, but I was also 17 yeah. when I recorded our album. It was not, you know, the vocals are not great. Everyone individually was great. We were tight as a band. Musically, very tight. Mm-hmm. I think if I like really worked harder on my vocals, I think we could have been decent. You know, I think like, again, going back to people not having ambition where I'm from, I talked to friends who I met from like Long Island who are like, oh, we started a band, but because we live so close to New York City, the potential of making it was real. So we would practice every day. We did too. And then one of my friends, he like got signed and then he was like touring with Taking Back Sunday for a long time. He was in a band called Envy on the Coast. Wait, I know Envy on the Coast. Envy on the Coast. Jeremy Velarde is the, the bassist. And I, I met him when I was working at this ramen restaurant. He's so random. But anyways, when I first met him, he's like, yeah, we're doing our like last show at the Irvine, Irvine Plaza on like 15th Irving Street, Plaza. Irving Plaza. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like I saw Sarah Brellis there. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh that's like God. a real venue. Yeah. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh my God, you're like a real thing. But he was telling me about how he came up and he's like, we just practice every day. But in Ohio, like my band, we loved playing, but we practiced once a week. Cause that, oh no. Cause it's like, what are, you know, there's nothing. We're we just practiced kinda, all the time. And I think that's the thing is like, if there were other bands in my community that were really good that are practicing every day, we would be like, oh yeah, let's be like them. Kind of like comedy. That's why people go to New York is because we're doing like three open mics a night when you first start and you go, oh, I need, this is what I need to do to get good. And that's why people move there. I think if I started comedy in Ohio, it's like, you can't do that. So you only get up an X amount of times or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's hard to do. I mean, I don't know if I need three mics a night, but I do wish I had better access to mics in LA than I do. Yeah, I mean, I think I would never do that now, but like when you first start, it's just good to like, yeah, it's good to get Just up. go. Just go full speed. You yeah. Know? Eat shit in as many places as possible. Yeah. Because you'll find the person who goes, hey, um, can I give you a couple tips? And then they give you a couple tips and then you get a little better. And yeah. then someone else might give you a couple tips and then you just start like making friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think this is as good a time as any to go to the lightning round. Are you ready for it? It is fast questions. It doesn't have to be fast answers. You can go as short or as long as okay. you want. I put it on an index card because I want you to feel like you're back on Corden. Um, <laughs> and then I'll talk like this and I'll do a there Corden, you, go. you know, what, whatever. I don't know. I do a better British than I just did. And I wish I didn't just do that. It's okay. We could take it again, you know? Yeah. All right. I'm going to do your five. These are five questions. They could be fast answers, but not, they don't have to be. I'm, I'm now I'm nervous. Now I'm yeah, nervous. it's okay. It sounds yeah. worse, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, it does sound worse. All right, let's just jump right in. Um, first question, what is a favorite ritual of yours? So mine is uh, brewing tea. What would be one of yours? I go hiking every morning. Every morning? I've started to like since like a month or two ago. Is it good? You, it's it's a, great. I, mean, I didn't go today because it was raining. And the other day I went hiking and it was hailing and it was terrible, but I go to Wait, run. You thing like two days ago. Yeah, 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 it was wild. Yeah, yeah. Hiking, yes, yes. Uh, just, 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 just for health reasons. I love it. Yeah. I'm into it. Do you go with your girlfriend or you go alone? No, I go alone. It's, it's me time. Ooh, it's me in the podcast. Po- oh, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Steve Conversations on there, right? What? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, question two. Um, do you have a running bit with a friend or partner that makes you laugh? This is so stupid, but- my girlfriend and I, like, when I were like watching some YouTube video of Bruce Lee teaching people how to do the one inch punch, you know what the one inch punch is? No. It's when he, like, just does, like, if this is your torso, he just go, he goes like this and he goes, 
And then this guy goes flying backwards. Oh, Lord. So we like to do the one inch punch to each other sometimes for no reason. Did you actually play it where the one person will just fly backwards? No, it's like a threat. Like if I say something stupid, she'll do like the one inch punch to my chest or something like that, you know? That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, number three, can you do an impression of one or both of your parents? And it doesn't have to be a good impression. The worse, the better. Okay, this is one of my dad. Because he was never around. Okay. Uh, I don't know what he sounds like. Um, yeah. Is that a street bit or is that, is that, is that for, do you actually feel <laughs> No, I mean, I know him, but like he literally, I, he doesn't talk ever. And so he's just always so silent. And you're just like, this is my father. Yeah. This is he's just being silent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah. Um, question four, have you ever had imposter syndrome? And if so, is there a particular moment that really, uh, Sticks in your brain. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think like day one at this TV writing job at Corden. Really? Yes. We, You're so funny. I find that so No, specific. but like, it's not about funny. It's about, can you write these jokes slash products for the, for the show? And so like monologue jokes and stuff. I remember we have to write like 30 or 40 in like 90 minutes or less. And I remember like, I couldn't write that fast. Everyone was writing so fucking fast. But then, you know, it's cool by the end, by the time when I left, I could do that, you know? But the first day, just because I don't do monologue jokes like that. Like, it's not like something I do that often. You oh, know? It's, I didn't want to tell people who um, are just listening, not viewing, but he has index cards in front of him and he's just been cycling through them doing monologue jokes <laughs> this whole interview. Um, no, I get that. I mean, that's hard. That's a different writing. Yeah. So that was really tough. And also like pitching ideas and um, for like guests and having this realization that a lot of late night, everything is puns. It's all puns. Is it? So like Keith Urban is coming. Somebody would pitch a sketch called Keith Suburban. You know, like it's it's just all puns. And yeah, sure, it's funny. But then like you keep seeing pitches based on puns and you're like, is this what this is? Like, is everything just puns? And it's kind of like, yeah, it is. Everything stems from a pun. And that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know if this is my vibe, dude. Like, you, you know. Mean you didn't want to do a segment with Emma Stone called Emma Stonewalling while you ask her as many questions yeah, as you it's can. Yeah, it's, all, it's all, like, I mean, one could argue that's like comedy or like American style comedy. So um, interesting. Yeah. Final question. What is your favorite tea? I love a good um, Genmaicha. Have you had that? It's my favorite tea of That's all time. It's great. It's fantastic. It's my favorite tea of all time. And I have four different versions of Genmaicha. Yeah, but I drink it a lot, which is why I didn't request it today. Literally anytime I'm feeling sad, I make it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm well, glad you make one today. That's great. How do you feel? That's, that's the whole thing. You feel great. Good? Yeah, thanks, thanks for crashed. having me. Yes. Please go listen to Cash Cuties. Yes, listen to Cash Cuties wherever you get your podcast. We're also on YouTube. And uh, follow me on all the socials at the Fumi Abe. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. Could you not get Fumi Abe without the, or you just wanted the? Somebody had Fumi Abe. Who? Because I told you this Fumi is like a John. There's a bunch of Fumis. And Abe is also like a Smith. So My Instagram handle is at Masafumi Abe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Thank thanks for me. having me. That was Fumi Abe. You can follow him on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at the Fumi Abe. Steve Conversations is produced and edited by Lucas Marshka. Our theme song and additional music are by Oliver Hymack. Our cover art was done by Neil Fraser with photography by Matt Mazisco. Social media by Dia Villegas. Please write a review and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can. You can send any questions, comments, newly friend game suggestions, or tea suggestions to steepcombos at gmail.com or tweet us at steepcombos. I'm Josh Lanzette, and you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Josh Lanzette. We'll be back next week. So until then, happy steeping.